Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here, episode 68. Ooh. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in pineapple picking circles. Okay. And with me, as always, I have the stunning, the um, ethereal, mm. the elven almost, <laughs> fairy-like <laughs> Irishman... Via UK and Essex with me, Sean Quigley, also known as the Quig, as he is known in plastic manufacturing circles. Mm, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Quigley, the Quig. How are you, sir? Uh, uh, you know, I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's tough. My association with the plastic manufacturing is... It's, it's coming to a near the end? Yeah, I mean, it's not. they're not the best people to be associated with these days. This is true, unfortunately. You know? But I mean... I don't want this to be the thing that people would look back in 10 years' time. Like you like looking back at people's Twitter feeds from ten years ago, and right? You associated with you know the KKK. Or no, this. but but see, but, but but I mean, just to throw this out to the listeners, uh-huh. this doesn't necessarily mean you are cooperating with plastic manufacturers. They just know me. They just know you as the Quig. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, you might be the greatest saboteur of plastic factories <laughs> on the planet. Yeah, that's the problem. I was burning them down and um, <laughs> making making it worse. worse. Made the whole situation worse. <laughs> I was trying to help. Uh, you were trying to help, but it kind of went awry. Oh, it really did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, this is our podcast. What's going on here? Episode sixty-eight. Like I said, well, if you don't know what we do, we watch TV shows and movies, usually that most people haven't seen or heard of. A lot of times, we go off and we go into the popular zeitgeist for a bit to see, you know, just for fun mm-hmm. and, and a change of pace. Um, we review the middle 20 minutes of said TV show or movie. If it's um, foreign language, we turn off any subtitles or any dub over. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if it's in English, we change it to a different language just so we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, today, however, we are going a little bit into the zeitgeist because it kind of popped up. Mm-hmm. And we're uh, tackling two documentaries that we watched the middle 20 minutes of about the Fire Festival. Now, for those of you that don't know what the Fire Festival is, um, I mean, quite frankly, I knew about it kind of in passing, and I didn't know much about it before I saw the documentary. It was basically this festival that some guy tried to put together, like a music festival a la The Burning Man or something like that, and they tried to put it together in the Bahamas on a little island, and it basically never panned out because they had absolutely no business trying to put together a festival because they had no time, but we'll, we'll get into the, the documentary. But that's this festival, Ja Rules, was associated with it. Was it, which, which Jenner was it? Kai, K- uh, Kendall? Kendall. Kendall Jenner. Blink-182 we're going to play. Oh, yeah, there was a bunch of musical acts that was supposed to play. And, yeah. But anyway, 
So that's what we're tackling today. And because there are two documentaries, competing documentaries, mm. Netflix and Hulu, we decided to watch the middle 20 minutes of both of these. Yeah. And then the other thing that we do on this show, in case you forgot, um, we review adult beverages. Mm-hmm. Beers, ciders, we've done wine, we've done cocktails, famously for our James Bond movie countdown. Mm-hmm. And today we are uh, looking at Artisan Orchard Pineapple Cider, which is gluten-free, made from real pineapple, done by uh, uh, the Tomasello Cidery and fermented and bottled by the Artisan Orchard Cider Company in Hamilton, New Jersey. And one of the reasons we picked this is it seems like a batshit thing to have. Mm-hmm. And much like this festival and everything that happened with it was kind of a batshit crazy thing, we're going to try this cider. It's a uh, 6% ABV. I'm taking off the six-pack things. There you go, sir. Thank you. Pour it into your glass. I'll pour it into my glass. Give the listeners, yeah, that good can opening. Let's get right to it. Okay. It smells like a farm. <laughs> this is very farmy cider. This isn't your angry orchard or your whatever. This is flat, farmy Cider. I was going to say, it's very flat. Oh, yeah, there's no carbonation in it. There's hardly any. Yeah. It's barely... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's very... This is how, like, in, in England, like, farmhouse cider is like this, except it would be cloudy and they'd have bits of They it. wouldn't filter it at all. No. <laughs> so there's Artisan Orchard. Okay. All right, well, let's, let's get started before we dive into the fire Festival. And uh, cheers, my friend. Cheers. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Initially, it's not bad. <laughs> I mean, it tastes a little bit champagne almost. Yeah. What? Champagne yeast. Ah, they use champagne yeast. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is small batch production. Because they should have used the thick glass bottles to let it ferment properly and keep the carbonation. Uh-huh. But instead they went for the cans. Okay. Well, it's a little bit tart. It's very clear. As you'll be able to see on, on the pictures that I post. It's very clear. I mean, look at that. Look at that. I'm take a picture with the light up against it. It's very clear. So well filtered. But... You know you got yourself a good product from one of the first things that comes out of your mouth after testing it. <laughs> it's that, well filtered. It's well filtered. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. I mean, it's a nice looking label. It's it, it, is a, it, it is a very nice looking label. Little tiki. Little tiki thing going on there. You know, maybe people get bent out of shape because of cultural appropriation there. <laughs> but um, it's gluten free, so I guess that's a positive. It's tart. It kind of tastes a little bit like someone took a Jolly Rancher and <laughs> mixed it into a Bud Light. It's like a little it's, bit. It's cloyingly sweet. It's, it, it's very sweet. It is tart. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I can already taste the booze in it. Yeah. Like 6%. It's already getting there. I don't know. I guess, I guess as we drink more, we'll determine more. 
I mean, this is a winery. These are winemakers. Yes. These are not brewers. Brewers. Right. People make wine usually. Yeah. And I tried some of the uh, wine and the other stuff they had. It's actually really good. They actually, what they do make is really sweet, really, really good. Dessert wines? Dessert wines. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What do you call them? What's the name of them? Um, it's that type of dessert wine that they make. A port? Good. No, no, no. It's like a sparkling, um, light, uh, fruit based. Oh, 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 oh. Really uh, a lambic? No, it wasn't Lambic. I forget what it's called, but it's... No, I was going to say Lambic is with Brewer's yeast anyway. It's really, really tasty. Okay. It's, it's like a white wine, like a spark, lightly sparkling white wine. Okay. Dessert wine. And then they did like, like a peach one and uh, something else. Um, it was, and it was, and it's, it is actually really good, that stuff. That, that they make that, it's really nice. Uh-huh. Um, but this is kind of a left field thing. It sort of is. Yeah. Um... Hmm. Well, I mean, my initial impression is not terrible. It didn't make me go, "Ooh, that's unfortunate." No, I've had, I've had, I've had some bad ciders. Cider, the sound about cider is that it can it has the potential to be bad a lot easier than a beer. Yes. Most beers I can drink without. Well, I shouldn't. Uh, I actually, you know, I shouldn't agree with that. I've had oh, so yeah. many shit beers in my life that oh. that's not necessarily the case. I yeah, mean, I mean, the, the I think the only beer I physically struggle to drink, and I've never had one of those Bud Light Lime things that everyone says. No, the worst beer I don't, I don't, I've never even looked at that. Yeah, um, the only beer that I genuinely struggle to drink, I can think of, there might be more, is Yingling. I hate Yingling. I I can see that. It tastes horrible. The, the the Yingling is, but like I I've said this before because of the various. Um, laws that they allow the brewers to use all sorts of grains in it mm-hmm. I, i've said this before on the podcast the mass-produced beers your coors light your bud light your miller light whatever i can only have about three or four of them yeah. before they start tasting like ash in my mouth like literally like someone like just dumped a cigarette tray in my mouth and it's because they use corn or they use rice mm. instead of just barley and hops kind of stuff you know and uh it it it, it's those beers are bad they're sort of drinkable the only beer that i can remember that i had a tough time drinking all the way through is was a sierra nevada beer believe it or not and i think i might have mentioned this to you it was called like a bigfoot ale or something like that yeah, yeah and it was so hoppy yeah like I literally, I, I got through half the beer and I couldn't drink it anymore. Uh-huh. It was so hoppy. It was so it was literally like I was sucking on a broom. Yeah, yeah. That's how hoppy it was. It was it was like ten point two percent ABV too. Yeah. So you know I was like all excited to try it and have it, but it was so hoppy I couldn't do it. And that's like the only beer that I can think of that I could not finish. Like most other beers, like I said, one beer, okay, I'll finish it. I I won't order another one or you know, but I can finish it. <laughs> the, the the Bigfoot I, I just couldn't. It was like. So bitter to the point where, like, I could almost taste bile in my throat, like I was going to throw up kind of stuff. Oh, it wow. was that bitter to me. Yeah, 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 Now, this was also a long time ago when, like, the 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 craft brewing thing just started. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these brewers, you know, started putting stuff out. So there was Sierra Nevada in the game that you could regularly get yeah, if yeah. you didn't go to a specialty store. The, 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 the craft brews that you could get were... Sam Adams, Pete's Wicked, which was a wonderful brewery out from the West Coast, uh-huh. and Sierra Nevada, 
Yeah. That was about it. You couldn't get any of the other, you know. Um, they started at that point. Well, they started that kind of in the late 90s. They used to have a, you could order a 12-pack of uh, beers from around the country. Uh-huh. And then, because, of course, this was still pre, pre-Brewer's Revolution, no one carried this stuff. And then you get, like, Goose Island was, like, this thing, like, that I was just like, oh, my God, I remember having it. I was like, this fantastic beer. You know, it's from Chicago. It's like, it's all over Chicago. But, like, I never had it here on the East Coast, and I got it in this packet. And I was just like, this is a fantastic beer. And, you know, so all these other little beers. Oh, but that's not true. There was one other beer in a little brewery in Wilmington, North Carolina. I had their, like, flight. Mm-hmm. Six beers, and they had a cherry wheat beer mm-hmm. that was so perfumey. Mm-hmm. It tasted like it tasted like I was drinking perfume. Ew. It was so sweet and so perfumey, and like I had two sips of it and like put it down. I could I was just like, this is just awful. Yeah. I forget what the brewery was, but it was like a small brewer. You know, it was one of these that had a restaurant in it, and uh-huh. like the rest of the beers were fine. That particular beer was just terrible. I struggle actually come to the thing where I struggle with Blue Moon as well. I'm not a big fan of that. Mm. To me, that tastes so. It tastes really like it's just really cloudy and it, that that wheatiness, but not but not with any like flavor or complexity. It's like wheaty with like it's like the Bud Light of wheaty beers. It's just it's like Blue Moon. We did that for the Fourth of July episode. Yeah. And Blue Moon. My memory of Blue Moon was I was introduced to Blue Moon. Uh, by a co-worker when I first started working and we were working at a plant up in uh, Massachusetts hmm. and uh, the local I think Blue Moon had a brewery there or so? no 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 it was just in a bar and they had Blue Moon on tap and he was like oh this is how you drink Blue Moon and you put a slice of orange in it yeah. it's just like oh okay and I had this orange and the orange tasted nice it was in beer and it kind of went with it and of course we were just we had a per diem for the company, uh-huh. so you know, we would just drink ourselves silly every night because yeah. we weren't paying for any of it, you know. And um, so those was like, oh yeah, let's have like, and we'd have like five or six of those like after dinner. Why can't you fucking brew it to have the taste of the orange just in it from the tap? That's what I don't get. It's Corona, like Corona tastes fine if you dump a lime in it. Yeah, but like, why don't you just put the lime in the? You try and have it without it. it just yeah, tastes like nothing. 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 Why would you no bother going to the effort of making something? No you have flavor. to add fruit to it for it to be palatable. I remember when Corona first started hitting the market, a comedian was talking about Corona. He's like, ah, oh, you guys like Corona? They're like, yeah. He said, yeah, there's a Mexican dude in Mexico peeing in a river going, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, it's true, like these flavorless beers that don't taste like anything, you know. Yeah. And of course, then, you know, we, we were lucky enough to have the whole, like, brewing revolution and, and, and all of that. Like you said, Last time, which is like a hell of a thing. How many different beers have we had now in the course of the show? Yeah, yeah. 50 plus. And it's quite... A, and how many people have tried this many different beers? I think what fascinates me is how they managed to get manly men to drink light beer as a standard. Bud Light cause Light as a standard. Because I look at your Coronas and your Blue Moons, yeah. and I understand where they live in a world of like... I see a lot of... It sounds sexist, but it's just what I've observed. Okay. I see a lot of women uh-huh. drinking Coronas and yeah, Blue Moons they're like. at like a, on the beach or at like a barbecue, and they're like, "Oh, I like beer." 
Like, oh, I'm a beer girl. I like drinking beer. No, so yeah. I'm drinking it. Like, because yeah, I like it. And I'm like, but they would never drink a Bud Light or a Miller Light because in their head, that's like, oh, that's a man's drink. Like, no, I'm drinking a Corona or a Blue Moon because it's kind of like, yeah, right, right, it's right. a real beer, but it's kind of like for the girls. Yeah. A Mickle of Ultra. Bud, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a Bud Light or a Coors Light, that's for the men. I'm like, it's what? the same shit. It's the same what shit. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> How did men get fooled into drinking Coors Light and Bud Light? You know. It's I, terrible. No, I tell you exactly why. We talked about this actually on an episode with Andrew. Um... It's basically when you try like a Bud Light, Coors Light. I it it, it escapes my imagination why anybody drinks it. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. But like we've had it right after the Bud Light. The Bud Light is kind of light and kind of like very effervescent. Yeah. And when it's ice cold, yeah, it's really it's almost like having a little bit of flavor in your seltzer. It really yeah. is. And then it gives you a buzz. So I can get why it's propagated so easy because you can uh-huh. literally throw back you know ten of those things. And not feel heavy and bloated and whatever. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. But I'm just like, especially at this age for what's me. What's the butt ice? What's that shit? I don't know. But I there was a guy that I worked with from Ireland, uh-huh. Denny. I, I think I've told you I worked with a bunch of Irish lads. We used to go play soccer hmm. uh, uh, after work almost every day and, and all of that. And he used to fucking drink nothing but butt ice light. And I remember me and my friend Brian were like, Denny. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Uh-huh. He's like, what? He's like, why are you drinking but ice light? So shouldn't you want a Guinness? Nah, Guinness here is crap. Yeah. All right, fair enough. It's like nothing like back in Ireland. No, it's nothing like Ireland. That's why I don't drink it. But but ice light? Yeah. You couldn't like I don't know maybe a Heineken or something, you know, or a German beer. Yeah. He says, well, it's the first thing. It's the first thing somebody gave me when I got here. So you know, I've been drinking it ever since. Like what? And, but, Which but makes that sense. Was, That's the logic of why the Irish people are drinking Guinness in the first place. Because it was the first thing they were given in a pub when they started <laughs> drinking. So they just kept to it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah, why not? I get it. This, this is a tradition. Somebody handed me a beer and I'm having this beer. Ah, you don't know how long these beers are going to be around here anyway. Someone might take them away. <laughs> so, I'll just keep going on this one. Any day right now. <laughs> you know what? This is, this is actually sounding quite lovely. I'm thinking maybe we could do this whole entire podcast with an Irish accent. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Talking about the fire festival, it's already batshit crazy. Why not go all the way? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could do it. That'd be that'd be a thing. That actually reminds me of a joke. I don't know if I told the joke on the podcast before, but I saw, I told it the other day. It was one of my. I don't remember many jokes. Okay. Because it just doesn't occur to me that it's you know a way of making people laugh for me. The most economical way in my brain uh-huh. is not to just store you know jokes in my brain for one liners. Sure, 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 sure. But I had. Um, I do like because it's just so applicable to me personally uh-huh. and I told it because someone said something and it, w- it was about me and I said oh that reminds me of a joke and it's a joke about um, an Englishman an Irishman a Scotsman uh, are all washed up on a desert island uh-huh. in the middle of nowhere kind of like Fire Island and, uh, <laughs> this is actually a great joke yeah, to the yeah show. that's why great I thought show. go ahead and um, what happens is, is they, they eventually they're rescued Okay. After um, uh, it's a, say it's five years, five years, but they, they, someone comes to rescue them, and they're all still alive. And they're like, oh, this is fascinating, and uh, they decide to look and they see what the, what they've done in those five years, and like how they've managed to what they've got up to, so they haven't gone insane. And they they you know, the Scotsman, and he said, oh, what, what's been going on? He's like he's like, he's like ah yeah, he's like uh, he's like no, 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 I can't even think about Scottish accent right now. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but he's um, He's formed a um, 
he's formed a bagpipe club okay. and a golf club. Okay. He's got a golf club and a bagpipe club, and they're doing very well. Okay. He's like, oh, the bagpipes and the golf club. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll and that's fine. And then they go to the Irishman, and they're like, oh, what you got over here? And of course, he's, he's set up a pub. Yeah, he's he's formed a pub and that's gone really well and you know whatever indigenous population is getting drunk in his pub, they're doing that. And then he goes to Englishman uh-huh. and, um, and 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 he's sitting there and he appears to be sitting in the exact same spot uh-huh. he was when um he was he came off the boat in the first place with shipwreck and they'll uh, He's managed to survive off like bits of coconut and random shit he's found before. Right. And they're like, what, what have you done? And um, it turns out he did nothing uh-huh. in the five years because he he um, he wasn't properly introduced to anyone. <laughs> That's a very English joke. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Speaking of that, I started watching Fleabag. Have you seen any Fleabag? Bits of it. Yeah. I saw the first two episodes... And after the first episode, I was almost like, fuck this, I'm not watching it. Because the character was just so, it was just like, oh great, another asshole character uh-huh. that gets away with everything by being an asshole. And I was like, I don't know if I could stand yet another asshole getting away with everything. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to watch it. But now like I've seen episode four or five, and I'm like, okay, she's layering it. You yeah, just yeah. have to kind of stick with it through episode three, and, and you're good to go. But in terms of jokes... With, with with the three, when uh, uh, we used to play with the Irish lads and my buddy Brian, who's actually, dad is half English, half Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, because his grandmother came from Poland right before the war, and she met an Englishman and married there, and then they immigrated to the U.S. and all that. So, uh, actually, no, his, his dad was Polish, uh, his grandfather was Polish, his grandmother was English. Okay. Um, and so he had a joke for the Irish lads. And he said, uh, uh, Englishman, a Scotsman, and an Irishman are in a pub having a pint. And the Englishman looks at his pint, and there's a fly in it. And he says, Barkeep, may you pour me another pint? There's a fly in my beer. Mm-hmm. Barkeep gives him another beer. The Scotsman sees, takes his pint, sees a fly in it. He just picks it out and drinks his beer. The Irishman sees a fly in his pint picks out the fly and then he says spit it out you bastard (laughs) (laughs) and that was the joke my buddy Brian was giving to the Irish lads (laughs) which they thoroughly enjoyed actually it works perfectly well for this country where they give you a pint of something that is 14 ounces yeah and then they don't even fill this at the top yeah it's like what are you doing you try that you try that you try that in the UK like they purposely made their national beer being a beer that literally you can put, you can fill to the brim, right. and it doesn't pour over. Right. It specifically won't pour over because right. of the way it settles. Yes. It's like everything is based around the fact that you need to fucking fill the glass. Yes. Then you dare give someone a glass that's yes. not filled, they're like, no. what are you doing? What are you doing? Speaking of what are you doing, mm. the fire Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So this disaster, um, so I watched the, the Netflix one first. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking up stuff, and I realized that there's a second documentary with, which I didn't know on Hulu, and I, that's when I was like, you know what, let's watch both. <clears throat> so the Netflix festival is very, it started off with, and I didn't get her name, the Asian woman that was basically saying, I don't know what these guys were thinking, but they can't get it done. Mm-hmm. And so the, 
the documentary is basically from the point of view, all the people who were behind the scenes trying to get the work done, those are the people getting interviewed. And the marketing guys that did the marketing for the Fire Festival had like a bunch of footage and this was kind of like their documentary. Which I find out later that they're the ones who actually made the documentary for Netflix. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense. Because like every time you see these pop, these guys popping up with these talking heads, the people that were involved in the Fire Festival, they're being interviewed in spaces that makes it look... I mean, it was probably a fucking hired office. Probably one of these meet-up spots in the city where it's probably. not even their office. Right. But it makes it all look like they are now incredibly successful and they're working at a high-level marketing. It really gives the impression of like, oh, these guys are pros. Right, right, right. Just caught up in a... Yeah, yeah, caught up in a, in a bad and crazy situation. Oh, these yeah, guys yeah. are doing. Oh, they look yeah. slick. They're in, there's glass everywhere. There's yes, people. yes, 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 yes. And they so it starts off um, that they release the info for the festival, and it's January, I think, when they release the info for the festival. Yeah. And and um, but they want to put on the, the the festival end of April, beginning of May. Yeah, which. As anybody who's ever tried to plan anything will tell you, that's insane. Yeah. Because trying to put together just a dinner for 12 people at your house to do that is stressful enough. Oh, yeah. Let alone, you're talking about getting like 2,000 people. And so what, the thing that, that struck me right away, they were interviewing the people who actually paid tickets for these things. And like, <laughs> and this, this, this documentary, or both, both of the documentaries are basically... A perfect study on what exactly white privilege is when you think about it. But people don't know. And people are saying like, oh, there's no such thing. No, no. There's a thing. And this is the thing. No one was there to smack you in the mouth and tell you what the fuck are you doing. Yeah. Because you do, you're, you're a fucking idiot. The first thing they say is like, oh, we don't want any cash because we don't want people to be bothered with cash. So put, and they were like sending out emails to people. Pe- most people for the weekend are putting $3,000 down in these bracelets. I'm like, and these are guys that they're interviewing, late 20s, early 30s, maybe? They're yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you getting this kind of money that you can burn it on a weekend? Three grand, mm-hmm. first of all. Okay? You know, and, and, and I love when they do this stuff and, like, they're trying to elicit sympathy. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, minimum wage is seven fifty an hour. And that amounts to $15,000 a year, which means you're barely making like some 1200 bucks a month. Yeah. And that's supposed to give you, you know, rent, food, and everything else because that's why it's called minimum wage. And you're talking about dropping three grand on, on a freaking weekend? Mm-hmm. And now you want us to feel bad for you? Yeah. So right off the bat, I'm starting to get furious because every other word out of my mouth is, you can fuck the fuck off because who told you to do something stupid like that? Mm-hmm. Um... Then, uh, 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 then the story goes basically like they have nothing, like they have no bungalows. All they have is these FEMA tents that they're gonna <laughs> set up. Um, yeah, three thousand dollar wallet for the weekend. But if you want to take part, that was it. If you want to take part in the fancy stuff, add more. Oh yeah. And then they wanted their whoever their quote unquote engineers were to make these bracelets. Uh, uh, and and basically ship them or have them ready for people, without testing them at all. Yeah. Like to have almost like like a festival bracelet, but there's chips in them and stuff like that. And it's just like we have to test these things. Like no no no, just just do it. It's these. 
<laughs> anyway, let, let me go down. So as they're going down, uh, 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 as they're going down, talking about all these crazy shit, and as they're going, and this is supposed to be kind of friendly, and like you said, they're interviewing the behind-the-scenes people, and everyone was saying, like, they wanted to make us do this, and every person that's being interviewed is going, like, and I was like, what are you, crazy? We can't do this. Yeah. And then somewhere in between, it's like, but we got it done. And then a new thing came up, and we're like, we can't do this, but we got it done. And it's like, and, you know, as it's going on, I'm sitting there going, like, wait a minute, if you got it all done, why didn't you have the festival? Yeah. And then, like, the numbers start popping out in the documentary, where they, the, they got a caterer, because they were expecting some 2,000 people or something mm-hmm. like that. Because they were like people renting a, a, a villa for the week and the two weekend festival for like 250000 or 25000 or something. L- ludicrous numbers. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. And then they show, <laughs> again, my, my anger is just going up. And it's like, all these influencers were coming. All right. First of all, right off the bat, I'm like, who exactly are you influencing? Who are you influencing? You know? Are you influencing a, 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 a 16-year-old? Because that's not really influence. That's technically called peer pressure. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, you know, because they, they don't have enough life experience to realize that they're being swindled. They're all, they're all so badly new money to the hill. Yes. I, what, I, what I'd like to see is I bet you anything. I bet there's someone who had, like, real money or, like, a little bit older little bit wisdom that they haven't interviewed. Because, you know, they lost money on the Fire Festival and it means nothing to them. Right. No one even knew that they were even involved. Right. They had the common sense to look at everything. And they were like, oh, what do they want us to do? Oh, we buy a tent at a villa and then we sit there and then we go to the festival. And then like, uh, uh, no, let's not do that. I'll tell you what, uh, book me in a, a grand suite at the Royal Bahaman uh, down the road. And, and then we'll take a boat there. And then, yeah, I'll just take my boat there. Right. And see the, the acts. Exactly. And then they just rocked up one day and there was nothing. They're like, oh, there's nothing here. Oh, well, back to the hotel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and um, so they get, they get the caterer, and they're tell, saying the numbers. The caterer, the catering for everything was going to be $6 million. <laughs> $6 million. That sounds like a presidential uh, budget for like a... Uh, for, I feel like that's for what like Trump's the entire... <laughs> For the entire four years that he's president, I would think. That's his KFC budget. That's Wendy's budget. (laughs) Right. Six million dollars, because they're like, I just want sushi all the time. I'm like, what? Yeah. Wait, wait, what? And so people were buying into the stupid shit, because everybody wants to be in the the new festival. Well, the festival craze in the U.S. over the last 30 years is really, like, Mm mind-boggling to me. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I want to be in a place where everybody's drunk, puking, Crapping, pissing, mm. falling all over each other, high as a kite. You and it's just like, yeah, that's such a great. Uh, and I guess I'm of an age where like the thought of that just gives me hives. You know, let alone one. Yeah. But even when I was young, I wanted no part of that. I did great time festivals. I used to go to festivals quite regularly, well, at least every year when I was in England. Uh-huh. Um, we I used to go to the Reading. Well, there was one where I'm from in England. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a city now. It was a town when I was there. There's now a city. It's called Chelmsford. And they, every year, had a festival called the V Festival. Okay. And it was Virgin Festival. Richard Branson's okay, music yeah, festival. Yeah, yeah. And they would have big pop acts. It started out with rock bands and it got further and further. It ended up just being a vehicle for like the latest 
pop sensations. Right. And it got kind of like meh. It got kind of like the family festival, like people bring their teen, young teenagers because it was all pop acts and right. it got a bit crap. But, but I saw some bands, you know, I saw like Oasis there and Muse. I saw some good bands. But those festivals are like a one, two day thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you show up in your car and you, 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 it's like going to a football game. Yeah. Well, no, I used to stay in tents. Oh, did to, you? I used okay. to camp out. Yeah. Would, okay. You could do that. Okay. But I used to camp out. And, uh, and I fucking lived, I lived there and I would still camp out in the thing. Cause right. it was part of the. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the vibe. But then I go to Reading Festival, which is another big rock festival. You get huge bands, you Black Sabbath, I saw like Smashing Pumpkins, like Green Day, like big band. And um, same thing, like I was young, we'd go there, you'd just get, you'd just be drunk constantly. Yeah, not You'd yeah, just be yeah, yeah, on yeah. that, like, that high alcohol that, buzz, the whole Yeah, just yes, constantly drunk. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just barely not remembering any time spent in the tent or the campsite because you just go there and just like fall over and then you'd wake up again and start <laughs> right. over. Don't know um, where you are, orient yourself and go back and party again. Yeah, no, yeah. And, 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 and I had a really good time doing it. Like I, re- I did really enjoy it. But the worst thing about those, the, the reason I stopped going or the reasons I get shit is exactly the reason this is, is just the commercialism. Yeah. The second you introduce like money. Big money into it. It just ruins the whole it thing. It ruins like, everything. This is not the Ru- point of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and every time, it, first it was Lollapalooza, right? Mm-hmm. Like back, I was in college when Lollapalooza started. And that was a great idea. It was just like, oh, because everyone got fed up with, with um, especially here in the U.S., with Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. Just try buying something through Ticketmaster. Yeah. You'll drop $250 on tickets, but the Ticketmaster fee, for some fucking reason, is $120. Yeah, it's I like, hate that. wait a minute. Why yeah. am I paying you 50% on top of the tickets? Yeah. That makes no bloody sense. And so the, I don't remember... Back in the day, Pearl Jam went and and like uh, stood witness in front of Congress, basically saying, "You know, when I was a kid, you went you went to a concert, and you paid fifteen bucks, and you saw a show." Yeah. It's like now to to, to, to be like in the nosebleed seats, they want one hundred twenty dollars. It's like what the what kid can afford that? Yeah. The whole point was like for a teenager to have some you know newspaper route money or working in the deli money or something like that to go catch a show, and and. That's the real way to defeat scalpers, in my opinion, is that you just bring those prices right down to that magical level. Yeah. And it's not worth any no. scalpers' money. Like, exactly. tickets are 15 bucks, and there's no scalpers buying tickets. What the fuck point is that? I'm yeah. not making money off this. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so when Lollapalooza came out, that was a beautiful thing, because you paid 100 bucks, mm. but like you said... You saw Pearl Jam, you saw Stone Temple Pilots, you saw Nirvana, you saw Blind Melon, you saw uh, 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 Gin Blossoms, you know, whoever the acts at the time were, you saw all these bands in like a weekend. And it's like, yeah, this was worth 120 bucks, you know, that I saved up all semester for this, you know, the kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, this is worth it. And so that's where like the popularity of the festivals came. But then again, like you said, that's when like Apple got involved and Pepsi and Coke and Taco Bell, and it's like, what, what the, what is this shit? And then every time commercialism took over, they'd start another festival somewhere. Mm. So first it was Burning Man, yeah, which yeah. is out in the middle of the desert. We don't want anything. Next thing you know, Beyonce's there. It's like, what? Coachella was another one. The Bonnaroo Festival was another yeah. one, where it's just like, let's all go wherever it is, in the hills of Tennessee or something, and just freaking party and have, you know. Yeah. But like, like you said, the minute big money comes in... Yeah. It ruins it. It ruins it. The best way to do those festivals, and that was one of the best things about it, is discovering brand new bands. Right. Like early on in their career, like who would go on to be big. I remember I stumbled onto, when I was at the Festival one year, I stumbled in on The Killers in a tent. Right. 
and the Killers hadn't released their first album yet. Right. And they played like Mr. Brightside and all this, and they were just like awesome four dudes with like a rickety keyboard and like. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah. you know? and you get that a lot. And that you just walk around and you can stumble on a band, right? You know it, but they're all they've all been personally vetted by people that know what they're doing, right. so they're all good. So they're all good, right, right, right. And right. that that's that that's a really that's the coolest thing about the festivals for me, right? You know, it, it's, it's kind of pointless, but people do it anyway, especially over here in these festivals. It's like, why are you dropping all this money just because you want to wait and see, you know, whatever Pearl Jam, yeah. And you're like, you, you spent like, you know, $300 on a ticket to hang around, wait all day to get a good spot to see Pearl Jam. I'm like, how about you just fucking like spend $100 on a ticket to see Pearl Jam and then you choose the seat and then you see Pearl Jam. And then, in, so instead of that, you go to the festival and you right. do the whole reason the festival is to be exactly. there, exactly. which is to do all the little stuff. And then you can watch Pearl Jam from the back and be like, oh, Pearl Jam's on over there. Cool. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, well, on people that do stage. it so wrong. I'm like, that's yeah. not the point. Just yeah. you can just go and see that band if that's what you want to see. But yeah. people will do it anyway. They're like, oh, Beyonce's playing the blah blah festival. Yeah. We have to go. Yes. Like, you're wasting space for everybody else. Your oxygen. Yes. You're using up. Yes. Just go see fucking yes. Beyonce. Well, well that, that, that's Prudential Center. But that exactly. That's yeah. I, that's what I was gonna say. Why the fuck does Beyonce need to go to a festival? Like she doesn't sell out the Staples Center and Madison Square Garden. Yeah. It'd be like Billy Joel going to a festival, you know, or Sting or Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Why? You guys sell out stadiums. You know, yeah. the Stones going to a festival. They'll do Glastonbury. I mean, Billy Joel wouldn't, but Sting and Peter Gabriel, those types, they'll still do Glastonbury. That's one of those they'll do. Right. For the prestige and there's still some old school right, 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 right. fans that go there. But, you know, Glastonbury's kind of old fashioned for that. There's sure, always sure. issues every year. It gets flooded out. There's mud everywhere. There's always, <laughs> they kind of like that, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 still, yeah, you are. I, Beyonce and everything. That, like, that's a good. Actually, you reminded me of you said Beyonce. That same festival I was talking about, the V Festival in my hometown. Uh-huh. Um, Beyonce came in like it was like three years before the end, but it's it's over now. They they stopped doing it. Cause they stopped making money. Stopped being viable because they relied on people like Beyonce to <laughs> run the place, and they ran out of money. But she came one year and. Uh, her and her entourage ate all the um, all the chicken in the city between them. Like the chicken just disappeared. There was no chicken. <laughs> there's a brand of chicken restaurants in England and and oh, there's some in the US actually called Nando's. It's a Portuguese pre-period chicken restaurant. Super good. Uh-huh. We love it. It's a really like you know people, Tasty, people yeah. like Nando's and uh, they ate all the chicken from Nando's uh-huh. and then all the chicken from KFC went the chicken was gone like the whole city ran out of chicken specifically for Beyonce and her entourage for her performance at the V Festival she, they all did, uh, the numbers were like it was something like 500 portions of chicken but, but, but because it was, was in like a day How that was all the chicken gone right sure 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 sure, sure. yeah so there was just a week where there was just no chicken in the city <laughs> they were like sorry there's no chicken Beyonce's people took it all <laughs> And just imagine a big pile of chicken just oh sitting backstage god. in the field. Oh god, it like bones everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a graveyard. Oh my god. So so yeah, so they go, they talk about six million dollars for food, they have a million allocated for food. Mm. So there's a guy in in the Netflix uh, 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 documentary, a younger guy, slim, goatee, looks like he has his hair back in a ponytail. And he's basically the one, the, the entire documentary who was saying, like, 
I told him we can't do this. Uh-huh. And my reply was just like, what was it? Oh, we don't have... That was my favorite quote. We don't have the room. You have to start telling people. You have to start telling them that they're sold out. And this was one of the things. They were selling tickets that were the, for regular people, price tickets. And then when they realized that they're not going to make any money selling those tickets, they basically put on the website that those tickets are sold out. Yeah. And the only tickets you can buy are these VIP passes, which they wanted like, $15,000 $15,000 a ticket or some stupid shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so the guy said to one of them, he said, um, you have to call the people in the charters and tell them to, to cancel it because we don't have room for them. We have room for like maybe 300 people. That's like all the tents we have. Yeah. And the reply back in the email was, well, at least they'll have your smiley face for the yoga classes. <laughs> and he was like, what? I... Because he was supposed to like be like a yoga instructor for the weekend, I guess, you know. And this is what draws all the... So what they do is, it, it, it's actually very much a microcosm of corporate of the corporate world. Uh-huh. Now, these guys were not very organized and they didn't know their asses from their elbows. And they, But this is the corporate world. When you're like, you can't do it, it's like, oh, well, at least blah, blah, blah. They're going to see your smiley face when you're doing yoga classes. Yeah. And the carrot is that, okay, so I'm going to do yoga classes from... This week into next week, and with a bunch of ridiculously rich people, because who else could afford this? I'm going to make a killing, because mm. I can charge people, you know, 200 bucks an hour to do yoga with me. Yeah. And so for that whole week, just doing yoga, relaxing in between freaking drinking binges or getting stoned, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a ton of money. You know, because that, I'm, he doesn't say it in the documentary, but you know, that's in the back of your head, because when you're a kid, you're like, wait a minute, there's going to be a lot of money here. I should be able to make a ton of money here. Uh, yeah. And then if you're a kid and you're organizing, you're conscientious, you're like, this, this can't, we're lying to people, we can't do this. And this was basically the feedback. And they showed Ja Rule, and they showed it in both documentaries, where they're having dinner, and his quote was, live like a movie star, party like a rock star, and fuck like a porn star. And they were all like laughing, like, yeah! And then there was like a couple of guys, like a couple of local Bahamian guys, and they're like, Man, you better call people because there's no way we're getting this done until April, you know. Yeah. And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. Sit down. You, you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, and they're talking all these people that really busted their asses trying to get the shit together. You yeah. know, they put together the stages, all this other stuff, and sleeping three hours a night. And there's this one guy. is an older guy who's, I guess he's uh, uh, some kind of like big party organizer. And his name is Andy. Hmm. And so the guy, Billy McFarland is the guy that came up with this whole idea, Fire Festival. And he calls this guy Andy, who was the one talking about the food, like, we, we only have a million dollars for food. Yeah. It's going to be six million to keep the caterer, kind of. This is, a, this, you said, already you said Billy McFarland, and the, literally the first thing that comes to mind, even without even the Fire Festival, but it's perfect, is I, I guess straight back to like, the Wild West, and just imagine an old Irish, a young Irishman coming out of a train with his with his pork pie hat, selling snake oil to people for various crazy reasons. Like literally, Basically. that's what I think of. I'm like, this that's is the it. snake oil salesman of the 21st century. Basically, and they actually happen. You know, these people. That's what he would have been. And and, and then so they say they got a shipment of water, like a whole trailer worth of Avian water that's supposed to be for the festival. And uh, 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 customs 
in the Bahamas basically held it. So we need to get paid to, to release this. Yeah. And so Billy McFarlane calls this guy Andy, who happens to be gay, mm-hmm. and says, listen, Andy, what I need you to do is go down to the port, and I forget what the guy's name is, and suck his dick so that we can get this water released. And I'm kind of like, wait a minute, what? Did the guy from the port say that he wants his dick sucked? <laughs> There's no talk of that. Uh-huh. And, and Andy says, like, I've had a 30-year career in, like, event planning, and, or 25 or whatever it was. He's like, I've never done this. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he says, I just need you to go down there, suck his dick. Can you take one for the team, he says, and get this water released. Although I have to admit that when he said in the documentary, it wasn't so much as, like, I've had a 30-year career in event planning, and never before has anyone asked me to do this. It was a lot more, I've had a 30-year career in event planning, and never before has anyone asked me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> there was an element. There was an, he was excited to tell the story. <laughs> well, he was excited. I, I would say it was kind of halfway between the two. He wasn't quite outraged. He wasn't quite into it. Oh, there was no hashtag Me Too going on. If he was a female <laughs> event planner, this would be the most outrageous thing that the ever happened. The most outrageous thing that ever because happened. Because it doesn't matter if he's gay or straight. At the yes. end of the day, he's a man, yes. and someone is telling him that to go in order dick. to do business, he's got to do some sexual favours. <laughs> and even though he knows that this is a professional and, it, it, and demeans him, he's still a man, and he's still kind of like... No, he didn't say no. Right, he didn't say no. Well, he even says he says he went home, he showered, swallowed some mouthwash, and went down to the port. And he said the port guy couldn't be nicer. And he said, "I just need to get paid before I release this water." So he said, "Okay." I love that he did mouthwash. I'm like, like, you saved the mouthwash for after. (laughs) I don't want my. You can burn your. Well, you know what? Like if. Nah, never mind. Um, <laughs> I was going to say mint and numbing, but anyway. Um, so so he says they got the water released, and, and that's fine. And then, um, and this entire time, you're just kind of sitting there like, what the, f- what the fuck is going on and watching this? And they, they're kind of going back and forth. Mostly, the people mostly talking are Andy, the guy there that was going to suck dick, and the yoga instructor guy. And, said, and they were just like, this is a disaster. You have to start telling people to go home. We don't have room for anything. And the, the, the yoga instructor guy says, it starts pouring. Literally the night before everyone's supposed to show up. Yeah. Like, the heavens opened up. And I'm like, duh. It's a tropical island. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think happens in the tro- tropics? Are called, see, people have a misunderstanding of what the tropics are. Yeah. The tropics aren't super hot. They're just very wet. They're really warm and very wet. So when you go to the Caribbean, the temperatures hover between 85 and 90 year-round, but there's rain all the time and hurricanes. Oh, yeah. You know, the temperature might drop. It might spike a little bit here and there. But you, and I've said this before, I've met people from, like, Panama that, that, that like, are here on 103-degree days and we have, like, 90% humidity. And he's just like, why is it so fucking hot this far north? And it's just like, it's a different, it's a different climate. You want that super mega heat, you got to go to the deserts. Mm. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Tropical is just very humid. Yeah. You got 85% humidity all the time, and it's 85 degrees. So it feels extra warm because of all that humidity, but that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And so it rains all the time. So the fact that it rained, they were like, <gasps> we couldn't believe it rained. And then the yoga guy says, and I remember, he says, I only had three hours of sleep that, that entire week. Like I was sleeping in three hours a night, maybe. 
And through my delirium, I distinctly remember somebody saying in the background, well, at least now they can't get away with it. Yeah. Because the tents were not weatherproof. Mm-hmm. All the mattresses got soaked. All the blankets were wet. And then they go to um, uh, uh, the plane and all these quote-unquote influencers are. And they're all like, oh, we're going to Bahamas Fire Festival, bitches. And they're all... And like each one... Each one after the other, I, all I want to do is slap them in the face. Yeah. I'm hoping for like a Final Destination style plane. <laughs> crash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. And somehow, I don't even know how the fuck they did it. They somehow got a 737 because when they were doing the yeah. initial videos, it was a prop plane that was going to take them there. They got a 737 and pasted the fire Festival stuff on the plane. Yeah. And everybody got on and they brought everybody there. And of course, nothing was set up yet. So the bus driver took him to like some restaurant and the woman's there like, I didn't know what to tell them. And said, so the restaurant's beautiful. It's on the water. There's dock that goes all the way out in the water. So everybody's just like down in tequila and getting ready for the freaking weekend. And then finally, where are we sleeping? And she's like, I, yeah. I don't know. Where are you sleeping? You know? Uh-huh. And, and, and so all these people like, they, they take the bus and they start going, the bus driver's taking them to the festival, they're all excited, and when they pull around the corner and see what the festival is, they're like, people on the bus are like, take, turn around, take us back, now, turn around, we're, no, turn around, <laughs> because all it is is just like soaked mattresses and wet tents, and the worst part is, they set up these tents, they put rugs in them. Uh-huh. But the entire time for the Netflix festival, there's the, the, the media, the marketing guys from this Fuck Jerry and Jerry Media, whatever they keep talking the entire time. They're like, well, we didn't know. And we were like, are you sure you want to do this? Okay, we're going with the flow. I don't know. I don't know if this is wise. And when they get to the island, there's no cars for them. Because it's a little fuck-all island, like in the Bahamas. Like, what, what, what are you expecting? Like, public transit? Yeah. You know, it's like, guess what? It's nice weather all the time. If you, you walk from point A to point B, you'll get there soon enough. <laughs> Nobody cares. What do you need public transit for? Uh-huh. You know? And this is where the 20 minutes is up on this one. And then I go to look up to try to look up some names or whatever. And then I see that Hulu has a documentary. And apparently it's a competing documentary. And read this whole little article how it's basically Netflix one is done by the fuck Jerry media marketing company. And they kind of did it to try and kind of downplay their involvement in the scandal. Because there's like multi like hundred million dollar lawsuits against Billy McFarland, Ja Rule, all these guys that were part of the organizing it. Um, and that's where the the Hulu documentary comes in. They actually had Billy McFarland on there answering questions, but they were pretty much from the outside looking in. What's going on? And all the people... And there were some of the same people that were in the Netflix documentary that were in the Hulu documentary, and they were seeing a very different story, which was actually very amusing. Yeah, yeah. Like, one of the guys in particular, the guy who, like, sent all the stuff, I think he was part of the organizing group that tried to organize Fire Festival, uh-huh. and he was the one leaking all of their meeting notes yeah, yeah, yeah. to the media. Mm-hmm. And he, like, sent it to the Wall Street Journal. He was just like, there's no... Because originally, originally, they were going to buy an island, and they were going to buy the island that used to be owned by Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> and they were like, there's no fucking way. It's like, yeah, Richard Branson owns an island. Johnny Depp owns an island. When you go into this process, it's probably like six months before the paperwork goes freaking through. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you have no infrastructure. You have to find fresh water. You have to do plumbing. This is a huge, like, 
this is there's a reason why Richard Branson has an island. Yeah. You know, because he has a few companies, I don't know if you heard of them, called <laughs> Virgin Atlantic and Virgin Space and Virgin Telephone and, you know, and he sponsors freaking professional football clubs in the UK and it's like, we're talking serious money. It's like Johnny Depp's island probably isn't as big, but fucking Disney paid him a fuck full of money for all those pirates of the Caribbeans that, that even Johnny Depp was like, yeah, I did another one because they just gave me an obscene amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was straightforward. Like, they just gave me an obscene he amount of money. It's an island lifestyle. It's like when his wife came out, Amber Heard, and he said, like, oh, he abuses me, he drinks all day, and he hits me, and they're like, well, he, he, he lives on an island. I mean, come on. <laughs> Prove it. The man lives on an island. There's no CCTV. So, <laughs> so, um, so, on the Hulu one, it starts off with one guy talking about how they're going to gra- grab the imagination. Mm. And they basically just put a blank orange screen on Instagram and did it. And where they, these guys, the organizers, sank all their money was getting celebrities to say like, oh, are you going to this fire festival? I'm going. Yep. And they found out that Kendall Jenner got paid $250,000 just to say that. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, if you're suing them, she should be sued. It was like her, one of the Hadid girls, um, what's the other one, Emily Radaikowski, some, some model, yeah, yeah. other model thing. And I'm just like, all of these people should get sued, and they should all be on the hook. Yeah. Because they lied, straight up, straightforward, and they got paid to lie. Mm. You were not going to this, you didn't know anything about it, you didn't hear anything about it, you got paid to lie. You should be paying up the money. To all of these people. Yeah. It was, it was ludicrous. And they were talking about basically like how they did it. And they were going to try to buy this island initially. And one guy was saying like, in four months, are you insane? And one of the guys, one of the local guys said, Ja Rule pulled him to the side. At one point he said, you think we could get this done? And he was like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. And especially like, what was it? They were doing it the weekend that the Bahamas have like the family regatta. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is a huge thing. And they like interviewed one of the locals. And the guy was like... This is bigger than Christmas down here. Yeah. Like, Christmas is like second fiddle to, to this regatta, to this family regatta. No one's going to be around. You're, gonna, you're not going to have any support if you do it this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and didn't have a site. And one of the guys said, um, I don't know if it was, I think it was in the earlier, or was he, or, or was Andy also in the Hulu documentary? But he was saying, or was it in the Netflix documentary? He was talking about, uh, um, like, uh, Woodstock, the original Woodstock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, Woodstock went into the cultural norm. Everybody talks about Woodstock and how wonderful it was. But nobody talks about, like, hundreds of cars just stuck on the throughway in New York going nowhere. Yeah. Mud everywhere. Shit everywhere. People passed out. I don't know how many people overdosed there and died. You know, it's like injuries. So no one's talking about all that stuff. So I was thinking, maybe we can pull this off anyway. Yeah. And it's just like, but how do you... But Woodstock just kind of happened that way. They didn't organize it to be that way. Yeah. You guys are organizing it to be that way. It's it's a fascinating study, this. Like I said, in privilege. In, because, you know, here's some white kid that never had to worry about money. And probably has a go-getter type A dad. And this is, like I said, microcosm of corporate America. you got to be a go-getter. you got to go out and get it. A go-getter attitude really only works for a single person. Yeah. 
because or two people max because if you're not risking everything and everybody else that's a go-getter attitude because then it's on you and then well that's your choice yeah, yeah great you had the balls to go out and do it good for you but when you're involving like 3,000 other people that's go-getter attitude doesn't get you shit yeah because everyone else will fall down the fucking chasm of of destruction that you led them down it's all appearances. It's, it's so damaging. There's this weird American, and it's maybe not just America, but I have a feeling that China and these other countries don't have the same way mm. of being, in that there is a weird thing in America of success can be measured not by money, and you can lose all your money and make no money and be a financial bomb. But if from the outside looking in, it was big and people were talking about Glitzy. it, that's all that matters. Like the money you matter. just described the Trump family. Yeah. Literally. The companies that you see throwing money into it that lose millions, hundreds of millions and make yes. no money. Yes. But, but there's millions of people with eyes on it. Yeah. And, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. They, yeah. they win. Appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they just get those eyes on Yes, it. that's it. And it's, it's so... It's, I had someone talking on a podcast the other day and it was a great analogy. It was actually, it was Ricky Gervais. Okay. And he was saying, I love how... You're talking about the fact that chat shows, there are no why podcasts are so popular. Right. It's because people like hearing people talk and have conversations that just conversations like real people have. Right. We used to have chat shows back in the day. Right. Where it was real kind of chat shows. Right. People just talk to people. Just talk, yeah. Now we don't have it. All the chat shows now are all about clickbait. Yes. It's all about someone selling shit. There's right. two levels. It's I'm selling something, I'm right. promoting my thing and I have to be here. Right. And B, we need to get views on YouTube. So we're gonna do a stupid little skit where we uh, we fucking sit underwater and hold our breath for five minutes with Jennifer Lopez. Right. Like, and this will get 100 million views on YouTube. Sure. This is what we do. And the companies behind these TV shows, NBC or whatever, view these YouTube views as a direct correlation to quality. Right. You're putting out. Right. Which is not. No. They think that, oh, yeah, but we have 200 million views on Jimmy Fallon interviewing Mariah Carey, who was dressed up like a fucking lobster. Right. Sitting on the beach. Right. And that must, so that's good. We win. Right. And Rick Chavez is like, that is literally the equivalent of someone who's working on art and trying to get things good and like writing a novel. Right. And then another dude comes around and goes, I can beat that. And then he just shouts out of a window yeah. to a crowd of people. Just yeah. goes, ah! Right. Yeah. And then suddenly all the people turn around and look at the guy in the window. And they're like, see? Yeah. I'm but, better. But, but I win. Anyone can shout out a window and get attention. It doesn't mean it's good. Right. Exactly right. But it, America thinks it is. We're in this weird city where we think, yeah, but they all paid attention so it's good. But that's, but that's not how it fucking works. Trump got elected. Yeah. Oh, he's a successful businessman. No. No, he's not. Yeah. Business after business fails and the only reason he has money in because he talks, he basically tells everybody what they want to hear and people believe him yeah. and fall for it and at that point they have so much money invested with him that in order to recoup any money back, they sink more money to keep him afloat just yeah. so they can make some of their money, initial money back. Yeah. That's all it is. It, it's, it's, it's freaking smoke and mirrors, dude. It totally is. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from casting directors that are like, <coughs> you know, it's like, I can't, like, one casting director in particular is like, it breaks my heart because I have so many talented people that are perfect for this role, but they want the dipshit that has 2,000 or 2 million viewers on Instagram there. And can't act their way out of a fucking paperback. I've seen it. I've I've seen that firsthand. Like I've seen it. I didn't see it for a while, but I I I know firsthand occasions of that where I see people, and I know it's one hundred percent because of that. I wasn't really sure about that, but I've actually seen it now in yeah. recent times yeah. where I've seen people getting cast on things, and I'm like, "Why are you in that?" And then I'm like, "Ah, oh, 
definitely that's what you mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. It does. That really does happen. It, all, it happens all the time. I bury my head in the sand about it, thinking, no, 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 no. no. It totally happens. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, did I see you in Jimmy Fallon's video with Post Malone at the Medieval Times? Uh, yeah. Were you there? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I thought was, I saw you on. Um, I was there on the horse. I was there. You were the MC. No, I was not the MC. No. I was waving on a stage for like two seconds. I thought you were on a horse. No. <sighs> oh. No, that wasn't me. Okay. I mean, some people might say that it should have been me. Some people. <laughs> but I tell you who wouldn't have said that? My boss. <laughs> who was the person who was on the horse. Ah, <laughs> there you go. There's no way my boss listens to this. We'll find, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to bring up a sore yeah, subject. No, I, I was there. I was in the filming and I, I did make it on screen for... Two, two seconds. Okay. Um, didn't speaking. make any money from it, though. I think my boss did actually get paid. Okay. Well, speaking of which, maybe we can get people to, like, you know, give us a million views on, on, on Instagram when we put out this episode just for the hell of it so we could get cast and shit. What yeah, do you think? Maybe. Maybe that would... Maybe, yeah, maybe. Because maybe we're sort of funny, I think. Uh, what I seem to notice is you get a lot of... Um, I know one guy who's an actor. I uh-huh. did a show. He's got a lot of followers. Uh-huh. And he's like a hundred hashtags every time we post anything on, on anything. Yeah, There's yeah, a million yeah, hashtags. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's all about we, the hashtag maybe work. Maybe we do it is the hashtag work. Yeah. So uh, the way I'm figuring it is you just hashtag things that people, you know, like. Like, like so just like hashtag um, bread. <laughs> well, for hashtag this, fancy bread. For this episode, it'll have to be, we're going to have to hashtag. I think we're going to get a lot of clicks because, let's see, I'm going to be hashtagging Fire Festival, Ja Rule, Kendall Jenner. Hashtag. Uh, Sex. Sex in the water, uh, tequila parties, um, Bahamas, Grand Exuma, um, what else? Hashtag. Hashtag marketing, hashtag fuck Jerry Media, hashtag. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the things people like. Hashtag artisan orchard pineapple cider. Hmm. Before we conclude, I think. Hashtag the, Game of Thrones. Why not? What hashtag Rise of Skywalker? That'll get us a bunch of looks, I think. Bunch of looks, but yeah, like I said, it's a microcosm. It's all these people. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Do it. You can't do it without planning. Yeah. And you know, for every time it works when it isn't planned, it's like playing the fucking lottery. Mm. This isn't the rule. This is the exception. Yeah. And it's just the most improbable exception why shit worked out. Yeah. And more times than not, the the shit worked out because someone else really busted their ass to get this through. Uh-huh. Instead of you just kind of winging it and 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 whiffing badly, yeah. <laughs> this like the, the the fire festival stuff is so just so. I'm gonna go back and watch like the whole thing, uh-huh. and I think both of them just to compare because the Hulu one is definitely more like what the fuck were you guys thinking? Uh-huh. And like the same people that were in Hulu, like it was definitely just like th- there were red flags everywhere. Oh yeah, you know they were just like you don't. But the fact that she got paid, Kendall Jenner got paid $250,000, and I'm just like, why? What has this girl done? You know, it, it just brings up the whole Kardashian thing. Why are they even famous? Kim fucked a would-be rapper, and now they got the, all this kind of money? What, why? But it's like, thank you, E-Network Television, for giving them a fucking show. Yeah. For a bunch of weirdos that have absolutely nothing to do with humanity. Yeah. Fox, so we can thank Fox. Fox, yeah, yeah. They own E, right? Fox. That's Fox? Why Fox? Well, they own E. 
They oh, do they? Fuck. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They fucking own I thought that. NBC owned it. I'm uh, pretty sure they own... Because that's where... Well, we have NBC to thank for Trump anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Same, but same, same fuck all. Speaking of which, wow, what a fun political last two weeks it's been, huh? Oh. <laughs> I, it, it, it's fascinating. Like, I, one of the things I find so fascinating about Trump, like you said, because he, what he does is he just... He just says stuff. Just says stuff. He just says stuff. Literally. All the time he says stuff. He's Literally. exactly... The example of a child yes. who doesn't think about the consequence. A child in the moment doesn't think about what's going to happen. No. They're like so, like okay, so little Timmy, you say you didn't eat all the Jolly Ranchers, and I'm like uh, no. So if I was to go in your room now, I wouldn't just find a whole bunch of empty Jolly, Jolly Rancher, Rancher wrappers, just, yeah. just lying around. You're like no. I'm like okay, and then what? What's happened in in up to now is what's just then happened is the person's gone. Okay, no, I believe you. And just walked off. Like, the, he's lucky enough that that's happened the, for the but most part. The perfect example, the, the, the perfect description of what's going on with that is somebody said, because he has absolutely zero shame, and shame is something that does not occur to him whatsoever, even when he admits that he fucked something up and did something wrong, because he does it with, like, yes or what? Yeah. People are like, oh, well, then he couldn't have done anything wrong because he doesn't feel bad about it. It's like, no, that's a psychotic. Psychotics don't feel bad about doing shit. Uh-huh. They just don't. That's their thing. Yeah. That's their thing. Literally their thing. Look it up. It's the perfect... And it's like, it's like the perfect school bully... Yes. ...like brain set. Yes. You know, one day you can like... You can be the bully and come in and see a kid wearing like Nike sneakers and be like, oh my god, you're wearing Nike sneakers. What a fucking loser. Look at you, loser. Everyone shout him, ah, Nike sneaker loser. Right. Oh, fuck it. And no one knows why, but they just do it because he right. said so. Right. Well, look at him, Nike sneaker loser, Nike sneaker loser. Yes. Nike sneaker loser. And, then bam, bam. and then a month later, he can come in wearing Nike, Nike sneakers. Sne- and that same king go, like, oh, you're wearing Nike sneakers? They're like, yeah, uh, so. yeah, I'm Nike sneaker king. Nike sneaker king, Nike sneaker yes, king, Nike sneaker king. That's exactly king. it. That's exactly that's it. Exactly that's exactly it. it. And everyone just goes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, what he said. He knows what it is. Fire Festival. Not that funny. Well, some of it was funny, but like I said, it was just like very enraging, the whole thing. Oh. It's like these motherfuckers just kept on saying, yeah, let's do it. Let's fix this. Let's fix this. And that was the funny thing with McFarland there interviewing Hulu. He said, well, we put out one fire and then we figured we were good. And then we had to put out another fire and then we thought we we're good. You didn't put any fucking fires out. <laughs> you delayed shit. You kept on <laughs> sending people checks that bounced. You, <laughs> you, you kept saying like we kept having a problem and we solved it. That was the worst thing. And then another problem. We solved it. Another problem. We solved it. It was. It wasn't the fact that the problems because we solved them. It was the fact that they kept coming. Like you have because what you were doing is the same thing as like you're saying like you've got a bill to the about. You're like oh I've got a bill. I don't have money for this. I tell you what I do. I'll just burn it. Oh there's another bill now. Oh, this one's no more bill. It. Oh, this one fell into See, the they paper keep coming, shredder, and I burn them. Uh, but 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 they keep coming, and that's the irritating part. The it's not that how to deal with them because I burn them. Right, it's easy. But <laughs> they just keep coming. That's what's really frustrating. Exactly, <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. It's like, yeah. oh, the bill fell into the paper shredder. Ah, uh, no more bill. Oops. Okay. Oops. Oh well, <laughs> we're good. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he's imagining one day someone's going to come out and go like, where's all this money? And like. There isn't any proof. There isn't. What? What? Where, yeah. What? Now? Like, where, 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 what I've now? got one right here. <laughs> you just take it from just put it in the shit right in front of me. Like, uh, uh, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. But, so let, let's let's wrap us this uh, fire fraud and mm. fire fest that we have here by first uh, grading our artisan orchard pineapple cider by Tomasello Cidery, <laughs> fermented and bottled 
by Artisan Orchard Cider Company in Hamilton, New Jersey. My friend, what did you think of the pineapple cider? Um, I, I mean, I really think it's kind of awful. I, I, I knew, I knew ahead of time it was kind of awful. Um, I've never seen you sort of like force a drink down so much throughout this thing. One thing that I would say is that, going for it though. That, by the way, to, to interrupt you, that by the way is probably why you heard like Sean intermittently just laugh for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he was looking at my face as I was drinking the cider. One anyway. thing I would say though is I don't know if it's because of the yeast or the you know the fact that it's been bottled in a way that it you know it's not um, carbonated the way you want it to. I I I mean it could happen in any case, but I I really think. That this is more alcoholic than six percent somehow. I think somehow it's like fermented beyond it. Well, maybe it's the fruit because I've this is six percent one little can. I've had it and already I'm like thinking like no, I, I'm already feeling more of a buzz off this can than I would off any six oh, percent. Oh, thing. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not feeling that. No, I'm not okay. feeling that. Maybe it's because you drank before I got here or something. <laughs> I actually have a whole pineapple full of. Uh, <laughs> you put, <laughs> been, put a tap in it. <laughs> I've just got. I've got the steel drum as well. I'm just like ding a ding a ding a ding ding watching the fire festival. So we'll both agree that this is much like the fire festival, a batshit crazy drink. Oh yeah. What grade do you give it? Um, I. It's hard because, you know, I'm judging it based on what they say it is. It's pineapple cider. If I'm, if I'm judging it just on as a cider, right. it's like 0.5. Okay. Like, it's it's A terrible awful. cider. But, and the, the 0.5 is because there is alcohol and it's right. a liquid. <laughs> right, right, right. You're but not eating you it. You can physically drink, drink it. <laughs> You're not chewing it. No, but, <laughs> but the fact that they say it's a pineapple cider uh-huh. is kind of... You know, it's kind of stupid for me to mark it down for the fact that basically the reason I don't like it is because it's a fucking pineapple cider. Like right. It's written on it, it's a pineapple cider. Right, right, right. Um, but also, I'm expecting, and when I got it, I'm thinking, oh, it's got a cider, and they've, you know, they've infused it with pineapples, and they've done something special, like, we've been spoiled with too many good brewers. That we are. These ideas we of, really, like, really oh, I wonder are. what they've done. They've infused it in barrels that were aged with pineapple and blah, blah. <sighs> and then you look at the fucking ingredients, which I didn't at the time, I'm like, it's apple cider, pineapple juice. Champagne yeast. Champagne yeast. Come back, sorry. Which has disappeared. It, it's, they, they made apple cider, and then you just poured some fucking pineapple juice in No, they didn't make pineapple cider. No, you didn't. You just gave a cider, and you poured some pineapple juice you in it. You flavoured it. That, well, that's not, that doesn't count. It's Kool-Aid. You put made with real it's, pineapple on it. It's Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's Kool-Aid. It, it's Kool-Aid. I wish yeah. you then bring up the ingredients, because now like my grade is going down like really bad. Yeah. So what do you give it? But also, to put it on the side, and say in the back, it make, to make it sound like it's less weird, is they actually say on the back, they go, um, the uh, succulent tropical pineapple juice, which again implies that there is some kind of pineapple out there. It's like an urban pineapple, that perhaps is what we're all used to having on our Hawaiian pizzas. Yes, yes. They are. It's yes, not one of those yes. Brooklyn pineapples that just hangs off like. These are like Idaho pineapples. <laughs> no. Oh, this is... They taste very potato This is a, a tropical pineapple juice. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Very good. Um, so what do you give it? I, I, so I guess I, I guess I give it a, a... A one and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this... The faces I was making for Sean was... Yeah. <laughs> it was tart to the point of... <laughs> like really having like a sour starburst or something like that. Yeah. 
And I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily what I want every time I sip a drink. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, it's like, it's like the culinary equivalent of you have like some foods you go to a restaurant and it's like, there's a shock value thing where it's like a punch. But it's like, it's fine getting that one punch, but this is a whole fucking glass of punches. Yes, it's like, yes. yeah, it's like fucking bang, yes, bang, yes, bang, yes, bang. exactly. It was flat. I mean, I drank it. I will say, I've had worse on 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 the show. Yeah, I've had worse on the show. But yeah, I, I like you said, and and the fact that it's just like apple cider with pineapple juice. I, I'm 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 giving it a one point eight. Yeah, one point eight. Okay, so so then what do we conclude? I mean. There really was no mystery. We're watching two documentaries that basically talk about the sheer incompetence and just like, well, we have money and, and we talk fancy and we talk quick and we talk, you know, like we watched Wall Street with Gordon Gecko, so we're going to get shit done. Yep. And of course, none of it was going to get done because we're a bunch of fucking idiots. Yep. So what do we conclude about this, these documentaries? <sighs> Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go first. Yeah. I think the first document, the Netflix documentary is just laughable because it's very much trying to be done like, oh, yeah, we, we, you know, it's almost like, oh my goodness, I forgot to add the, the cilantro to the guacamole. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're literally trying to play it off like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was just this clusterfuck of bad things that happened, but otherwise it was great and it was a great idea and it would have been wonderful mm -hmm. if only we were truthful and paid people. Yeah, yeah. That's basically the way to try to play it off. Whereas the Hulu documentary is more like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck these guys were thinking. Mm -hmm. So, to me, this is typical. And, and you know what? I don't know if enough people have gotten their comeuppance over this, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. I think a hell of a lot of money should be shelled out by all these people, including the, the, the Jenner girl and all these other people that were paid to promote it. Yeah, no, I think I think it should be one of those things. It's certainly, I agree. Like, like some, I don't know how you get there. There should be something like a judge should rule that all the influencers, Kendall Jenner especially, and these yeah. people that made money yeah. from this, yeah, the money that they made from this should be paid back. Should be paid back, or like at least just like given to, you know, some charity, right? That, like in the Bahamas, yeah, to help, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, displaced peoples or something. Yeah, especially after the hurricane. Hurricane relief. Yeah. Like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, this is literally... The only the only word I can... To describe, like, this documentary, what it was, is that it's it's just... People were smoking something. I don't know what. And got a hair up their ass and decided, we can do this. And they couldn't. Yeah. No planning, no nothing. So, what's going on here? Rich Kids Gone Wild is what this should be called. The Fire Festival. Oh, yeah. That's what it should be called. Yeah. Rich Kids Gone Wild. That's what I'm thinking. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Good? Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. I think the whole thing, that the Netflix is slightly wrong. It's kind of like, I was looking at it and it was, it was almost like, it was like a documentary on the Germany in the 1940s uh -uh. produced by Hugo Boss. <laughs> That's what it was like. It was like, 
don't you think the suits of this period are very efficient <laughs> and uh, wonderfully uh, authoritative, but at the same time stylish? Stylish. And, uh, and... The, the, and there were some other things going on as well, but I think the most important thing is the fashion of the times. Yeah, they were very confident, these it, suits, yeah? There are, there are customs and there are things of the times that did, did not stay, they changed. But <laughs> the one thing that has remained the same since is Hugo Boss. Yes. For a reason. <laughs> exactly. like that, I was like, right, right. okay. Yeah, exactly right. And also Mercedes-Benz, because say the same thing. Like, <laughs> the cars of the time, of yes. uh, Germany in the 1940s, were efficient. They carried people very well. A lot better than the trains. Uh, don't you think ever got a train uh, during that time? Um, they were overcrowded. Uh, this was not very really pleasant place to be. Lots of peasants. Yes. Lots of peasants. <laughs> not so good. And there was usually a one-way ticket, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, the cars and Mercedes-Benz especially, very good. They carried uh, yes. very well mustache. Yeah, that, that was the Netflix documentary. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. Hulu was just like a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, look at these crazy fucking Look at these idiots. idiots. And what were they thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. We reviewed the crazy batshit, uh, rich, pe- rich People Gone Wild uh, documentary, mm-hmm. also known as Fire, the party that never happened, and Fire Fraud. And um, once again, thanks, folks, for tuning in. Uh, find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter at What's Go Here. And follow us on Instagram, if you will, on What's Go Here. And make us influencers so we could go batshit crazy and have a big party and we'll have 8,000 people there, and we'll get everybody at least a six-pack of beer. Yeah. What do you think? That'll sell? Uh, yeah, I think that makes it. And we, we've got the guy from um, the uh, Netflix documentary there, and he's going to be giving blowjobs right now. <laughs> Perfect. And he's going to look like he doesn't want to, and he's going to go on about his years of experience in event planning, and he's going to make you feel guilty about it, but my, he is going to suck like a vacuum cleaner. And we are going to call it the Suds and Suck Festival. <laughs> 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 there you go, folks. Again, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on Instagram, please, if you like us. If you don't like us, tell your friends to listen how bad we are and have them follow us, too. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. Bye.